0: To episode 53. This is part two of our Women in Quabble discussion. If you missed part one, then I recommend you go back and listen to that. That was last week's episode, as uh, that will help this episode make a little bit more sense uh, once you listen to it. If you've already listened to part one, congratulations, you are doing great. Uh, yeah, hope you all enjoy this episode. Take care.
1: Can I can I ask or say something? Leander, I'm, I'm I'm so surprised by how easily it seems for Germany or the people in German Germany to just like all the things you've said, like it was not that logical in Belgium, you know? <laughs> um, <laughs> like I'm quite like even the idea of like the workshop, um, I don't think anyone would suggest it here at all
2: yeah that's a shame like
1: I mean it's not like I think that um we're not in good company here I mean I've always been very happy at my at my club and also in the Griffins but still they're doing it at a different level like why is how, is Susanna, that? how do you do it
3: Susanna can I ask you Do you feel like you're working sometimes not with men, but against men on those topics? Because I feel in Germany and also for that matter in Norway, we do have quite a lot of men who are proactive in these topics. And then it's much easier if as a woman, unfortunately enough, uh, when you get support from men, it's easier to also bring the topic to other men, is at least my experience um but Leander may some say something different
2: no no same i I think that's true but um i guess we just had like a like a bit of luck to have like a a core of some people that wanted to uh push that matter and then what i said about the culture growing it was Mm -hmm. at at the right moment that we made some key decisions i think and then it comes natural and it attracts people that it comes natural too To discuss these kind of
0: topics? Yeah like one one kind of theory I have um that like you can probably tell me if this is rubbish or not um but at least kind of I mean it's it's something we've talked about before in previous episodes how you look at the way that quad balls played in different countries and you can kind of see the natural DNA of the sports that historically have been played in that country within the way that they play quad ball so say in the US like there's strong emphasis on say basketball and American football and there's elements of baseball in the way they do their beating and stuff and then say in the UK like you've got people who come from playing rugby and playing playing netball um so like and it influenced the way they play. And Obviously in Germany, like there's a, I feel like at least from the outside looking in, there's a strong like team sport culture within the country. Um, And obviously look at the football team as like a prime example, but also like handball as well being quite a prominent sport. Um, And I don't know about like sort of German sporting education and stuff, but if you're playing these sports growing up and I, I imagine like there's female handball teams at schools and things as well like there's just more of a sort of awareness of how a team should work rather than a bunch of individuals it's actually a collective process does that make sense
2: yeah I think it makes sense but then again uh, Germany is a football country and Mm. I don't think football is a very feminist sport It's, it's actually terrible in that regard I think but, but i have a different theory about belgium maybe so i think the people that were the most prominent figures in belgium quidditch were like 14 15 16 when they founded mm. the sport so i don't think i was a very educated feminist when i was 15 <laughs> <laughs> so i think that's it matters when you're like when you're 15 and you come from also playing football you're like yeah okay let's found a quidditch team maybe it's yeah it's like less close to what you experienced
0: already
1: um i think what i want to elaborate on what what Lisa was saying um so like for example uh, again gargoyles um, nick for example has always uh, put a lot of effort in any new players whether they were female or male didn't matter he always wanted to have like the most important thing for him was to have a team, rather than than to have the best team, so he has always put a lot lot of effort in development. So I never felt like I was not um, being teach or not welcomed in the team, so that was like not a problem. Um, I think what I mean is that um, the, the males are not as vocal about it as maybe males in Norway or Germany are, because I know for a fact that Sappe and Victor and Louis all, all are all on board on on, on the idea of playing with uh, Max 3 and they also would like to have the sport more inclusive. I know that as their friends, but they are not as vocal about it to the other uh, or to the public. And I think that's maybe um, more a cultural thing. Uh, like in general, Belgians are a bit um, discussion averse uh, aversive. Uh, is it the correct English word? like if you don't want uh, to have a yeah. discussion yeah. yeah, averse, yeah. Um, and that like there was also the thing with my letter, right? I'm already a person who is quite outspoken.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: and I was very, very scared. and i and when I wrote the letter, um, I wrote it and I discussed it with some some people. I also showed it to Louis. I also showed it to Seppe. I showed it to some trans women. I showed it to some non binary players before I put it online. Um, but none of the, the Belgians were willing to, oh, yeah, and put my name there as well. And not because they were not supportive of it, but just because they don't want to make a fuss about it, I think. I think it's maybe more that. But then that's not like it's not like they're, they're doing, against, doing something against it, but it's not always really helping either, right? or yeah. not as big as it could be. That's
3: very That's like, very interesting to me, because in my opinion, coming from Germany, which is, in my opinion, a very discussion-happy nation, um, Norwegians are also very discussion-averse in comparison. Um, and still now for example for the national team we have two male coaches and it was their idea that the national team will play three max they basically just decided we want uh, the team to play three max then they asked the ngb if the ngb nrf is fine with it and of course we said yes that sounds great um so they so two men just were like nope that sounds like a great idea even though they are possibly discussion adverse people but Yeah, Yeah. so that's interesting to hear
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah, but like uh, for the national team, it's also Victor and Sape who are deciding that, and they're also all pro uh, giving more to playing time to the females. I mean, it's not like I ever felt that they were not open to it. But um, they, they, I don't think, not necessarily they, these two people, but like in general, <laughs> any of the Belgians wouldn't be the first to do it, you know. Um It's more because Germany and Norway is already do it that we feel safe enough to hop on. Uh, and I'm not saying these two people. I mean, like any of us on the whole team, probably. Um, um
0: Yeah, yeah I, I can see what you're getting at, and like, I just feel it's it's more like a a wider issue, societally, where like it it this is this is a difficult discussion to have. In general, I think we we addressed that like at the, the top of the episode. Um, and like people, are, I, I feel like in general, it is quite difficult to talk about because there's always room for things to be misinterpreted um, or to express something, but not express it in the best way. Um, and then that kind of leads to these sort of tension and friction and arguments. Um, and yeah, like and, and then equally at the same time, You might have one perspective but then not being able to change your mind based on what someone else has said because that's weakness like you don't want to appear weak so we just need to be a bit more kind of open and sort of yeah we're trying to work this out together and like the more we can feel comfortable about talking about it and equally sort of if someone manages to change your mind change your perspective sort of being able to go yeah I was I was wrong there I really like that like opinion you have there that's now influenced my opinion and that's totally fine like there's there's nothing wrong with sort of holding hands and going yeah I got that one wrong or whatever it may be um but I feel like some people kind of steer away from certain discussions for fear of being wrong or saying the wrong thing that makes sense
3: it's very understandable. Also, like you make yourself very vulnerable if you write a letter like Susanna did and just yeah. post it. You know, like uh, <laughs> you never know if people are not going to attack you and stuff is going to go down in the comments. You never know. So, it's mm. it, I do also understand it that um, it takes something to to lead the charge in a way, right?
1: I've never felt that that, that I had to the had to have the discussion against men that was not the case Mm. not necessarily that i was discussing so much with them that that's not Mm. either Um, but i think although i at some
2: point at at some point i realized it's not enough to like lean back and be like yeah i'm not against women empowerment (laughs) you know (laughs) (laughs) nicely said nicely said (laughs) Like it's there's so there's like I, I guess I'm just lucky because my girlfriend, my mom, other strong women in my in my environment, they make me read books on male privilege. I'm like, okay, yeah, that's interesting. That's a good point. And then you realize that you have to you have to kind of make steps in the different direction. But like I said, when you have when you make room institutionally, like with a quota, that's definitely not equality because it's like we don't treat women and men the same we make room for the women especially that's a a space reserved for women right so it's not equality it's it's like i don't know it's like anti (laughs) anti anti-sexism right so it's uh it's a step in a different direction rather than just being like i'm not against it so it's i guess it's a society thing and how you come into contact with the topic and how you get educated on it and how you form your um your opinions on it yeah
1: i I agree on the um, uh, quota right um like i'm all for quota i really strongly believe in quota but it's i have a lot of difficulties to explain to women as well why quotas are very important And it's because, like you said, Leander, it's like, it feels almost unequal because you're putting more women there.
2: It is Um, unequal. It is unequal. But it's a tool to get to, yes,
0: like, closer to equality. You have to kind of
2: overshoot. You have to overshoot. And then you will arrive at a more fair level.
0: Mm. I I guess, like, the ideal is that somewhere down the line, like, you're not going to need the quota because you have those people already. And you've kind of created that culture. To the extent where it doesn't need to be explicitly put down in your rules or whatever you have like within kind of this i don't know your organization
2: yeah and in quidditch we might never arrive at the point where we don't need the quota anymore because there are physiological differences and that's okay if we want to play the sport together we just have a quota it's fine
0: true and speaking of quotas um we'll get on to the elephant in the room so to speak um obviously mentioned it various times throughout the episode so far but obviously over the last few years or so there's been kind of a movement towards playing instead of a four max gender rule a free max gender rule um so in terms of the rule itself and kind of what what are our opinions on it uh sort of pros and cons is it the absolute perfect solution that we've been dying like crying out for, or I don't know. It, is it just a better one than we currently have?
2: Okay, I, I think I'm gonna start with a con argument, um, because like I, I don't think it matters on the highest level of the sport. But people always bring forward a contra a con argument of for for a max three gender rule, being that there is unevenly distributed demand for the sport in the different gender segments, right? So we're talking about a full contact team ball sport, and we already heard society (laughs) um, goes about those uh, kind of sports differently when you compare males and females uh, or or, um, any gender. And I think that's, um, I think that's It can be a valid argument if you don't have enough players at all um, to say, like, why should we expect demand for the sport that is so different to be equal or equally distributed between the genders, right? So there might just be more males that want to play a full contact ball sport. And I think that's what you see in some teams, or I guess in several teams, that you have a lot more Male players on the bench, and you're struggling to find female players. And that's, I think that's, I think it can be a valid point for club teams. And it has to be something that has to change over time because it has to change at a much younger age. Like we, we get basically adults joining the sports, uh, our sport, and they, they already have had their experiences. And we can only change so much about that. But, yeah, I think on the highest level, like on the national team level, we definitely have enough players to choose from. We have enough players that want to join for the tournament. So we should be able to play makes three. And this con argument doesn't, doesn't hold in that area, I think.
3: Yeah, just to like uh, jump onto that point, I guess, straight away. So I, I am, uh, of course, a pro max three, since I also published a letter about that like half a year ago. And there are definitely these points that are being brought up, but um, they just have to be addressed specifically. So what I imagine, for example, if we were to announce now, let's say the IKA would announce, okay, after World Cup, Max 3 will be put into place. People have half a year before the next recruitment season. Typically, that happens after the summer for most teams. Uh, uh, to, like, prepare and think about how can we make our environment more attractive? How can we make females uh, come to our team? But also, of course, you would need to have at least a grace period. Or maybe there would forever be a split into, uh, into like, ha- competitive Quidditch or quad ball versus, versus um, not the highest level of competition, and that is what we already have done in Norway, that if, because we have the Max 3 rule, um, if a team can't follow that because of their recruitment problems, that's fine, they can still attend at the tournament, but for example, they cannot qualify for EQC. Same in Germany. And 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 then in my ideal world, for example, EQC Division 1 would be played with a Max 3 split, but then EQC Division 2, for example, could still follow a Max 4 because they also have the developing area spots and those types of things, right? So, so that would be for me. And then, of course, on national team level, it would be it would uh, uh, would also be Max 3. So that is definitely something um, w- where I would see the argument uh, that the highest level of the sports should be played that like that. Again, talking also about role models and so on, if the highest level of the sports is played like that, then hopefully um you you would be able to to just gather more attention towards that and, and wanting people to join and people maybe also in lower divisions then saying, Well, hey, if, if they play like that in the highest division, why don't we do that? Right? So that would of course be uh, very nice. Is it the perfect thing to do? I probably not. I don't think uh, we can find perfect rules or I'm not sure the, or there may be something that hasn't been thought of yet. But um, I I feel like it gives still um, way more inclusion uh, to non-binary players than, for example, uh, the minimum two rule would would give because, I mean, there are some teams... Um, especially I think in the Netherlands where I know that they basically have not a single player on their team that identifies as either female or male and then I don't know that would be a little bit sad and of course you could also say that a minimum two rule encourages again to only play two females instead of a max three encourages to play three but it may also encourage people to play no female at all if they can so it is uh, of course a <laughs> very difficult discussion and I think people are divided in their opinions what's the better thing so I would love to hear which one of the two you think is better and why
1: um,
0: yeah like I think there's some some good points sort of being brought up um, and yeah like I think two two minimum is something that it realistically probably isn't going to happen too often. I think in Spain they use it, um, and you're obviously talking about quotas beforehand. Like it's a good way of ensuring that at least two of your players are of are, are, are female and they identify as such. Um, and I don't know. I always find when I speak to I, I occasionally my family takes a bit of interest in my 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 secret life as a quadball. Um, Star, (laughs) I'm joking, um, and um, yeah, um, whenever I I talk about this with my mum in terms like gender diversity, she always goes, "Oh, like always have at least two female players." Like to her, that seems like the natural kind of solution to at least guaranteeing that. But yeah, I think it's at least as you said, like it also does just enforce the fact that you could just have four male players on your team and nothing really changes. As such, I mean, high festival scenario. Could you potentially have a mix of the two? Would that work? I, I, I don't really know. I haven't crunched the numbers, but would that be possible? I don't know.
1: Uh, I think the next three is already going to solve a big part of the problem, right? Um, it reminds me of uh, like when women started running. <laughs> they they wanted to have their own competition instead of or they had to have their own competition i don't completely remember and then the the argument of the of the men was yeah no we cannot have a running competition at all because what if men will join your competition dressed up as a woman and then they will win the whole competition and then that didn't happen <laughs> like that didn't happen it was apparently one um man or trans woman i don't know uh um exactly how the story went that joined and then didn't win at all and i mean it's not like all of a sudden we're gonna put um we're gonna add i don't believe there will be any team who will say well we have three males but now we will call them three non-binary players and they will now play as non-binary players like i don't think that's gonna happen what's happening when we we're playing max 4. so i think Max three will already solve a very, very, very big part, and, and it will give uh, non-male players more game time. And I think that's, yeah, what matters. And we can discuss about um, the minimum two females. I, I do believe in that in a way, but yeah, I think it will give a lot of trouble. Um, You have to at least then say minimum two females or trans women. Like, they have to be in the same group. Right? Um, Yeah. I think I'm I'm saying this correctly.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the thing is, the idea of the gender rule is to be able to have a variety of genders on the field, right? So we want to that's where everyone can play
0: as well. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. So we want to we want to give space take away space from the majority which is probably males in that sport and make room for females and gender non-conforming people. So the problem is if you say you have a max 3 rule the spots that you want to reserve for uh, or that you want to open up for um, non-males uh, sometimes get filled um, like so so how do I say this in a way that's not uh, terribly phrased? So the you you see it rarely that the male spots get taken away by gender non-conforming people. Um, it happens more often that the uh, that female players um, are on the bench, and instead you see a gender non-conforming player on pitch for that team, and there there is no problem with that, like in in general, because it could just be that um, that's the spot that we want to reserve for that person. But it like if it is a systemic or like a systematic bias. Of that happening always and never male spots uh, being taken um, by gender non conforming people. I think we have a a skewed, um, how do you say, um, implementation of the rule in the sport. Again, so we we try to uh, open up space for minorities and then one minority. Uh, and another minority compete for those spots and the male spots are somehow reserved (laughs) for males and that's yeah that's not the spirit of the rule right so Mm. I think we have to find a way to accommodate for um, the idea of the rule making room for non-male players but then not um, reserving all the other spots for male players. I do
3: think it's important. Um, I do believe, though, like you are kind of adding one more spot to the pool that is typically taken by female players or or non-gender conforming people. And I think also we have to think about we're not at the end of a process, right? If this doesn't work out, then we'll just have to think about how we change the rule again. Like, I I think, um, and that's fine by me, at least. I'm... I'm completely fine with saying, well, this is better and I hope that it um, solves a lot of the problems that we have right now, but if we see that it doesn't, then we have to start coming with minimum rules. That is that is the next uh, logical step. Yeah, yeah but
1: that's, that's what I was saying. I, I would like to avoid that because I think that if we have to come up with minimum rules and it will, I think, get a bit um, discriminatory discrimin- yeah, we will start discriminating, discriminating people by, by by accident that's what i'm i, I was trying to say also with yeah. like the minimum two and i don't want that i really don't want to have to start making divisions between uh, non-binary afa players uh trans women um cis women I've, yeah, it's not necessarily what the goal of this whole discussion is so i really hope that if we just implement mac3 that and everybody mm. is a bit friendly
0: towards each other. <laughs> that's the thing. I like, would start yeah. getting too complicated with it. Like then more problems seem to arise. I suppose. But um, just going back to what well, Lisa saying about how in Norway and also in Germany, how you play three max, but then you can also attend those tournaments as a full max team. That's that's fine as it is. Um, you just can't. I think you can't qualify for EQC. I think that's a really like really good sort of carrot and stick approach um, for teams to have because like at this point obviously coming out of the pandemic like the sport is already struggling in many other ways Um, and in my mind at least we need to be trying to take down the barriers as much as possible to limiting people to play like the more people we get playing the sport the better Um, and like the more teams we can get the better Um, so if it's just like blanket right free max and then all of a sudden oh, teams like oh we, we can't do that anymore um we can't send a legal team um then all of a sudden we've got an- another problem there in terms of the tournament but yeah being able to still go to that tournament still compete and sort of go oh yeah we might have done really well but oh if if we want to make eqc next year then, oh, we need to step our recruitment drive and make sure that our team is more gender gender diverse, so that we can do this. Um, I think that's a really good kind of sort of well motivation for teams to sort of change their habits and change the way they they're running so that it is more inclusive.
2: Yeah, yeah, and experiences in Germany have been great with this, so. The tournaments are not less fun
0: the games are not less fun to watch um yeah i'd I'd add they're probably more fun to watch now because like more people are being used within the team i think like when i've watched recent footage of the german champions i've I've always enjoyed watching german quidditch at least like the last few years or so but it's become even more entertaining now because you yeah you can't just rely on one person kind of doing everything you've got to use your teammates more and yeah work it really kind of changes the way the sport looks and feels
2: yeah it definitely changes totally because if you if you look at what usually happens um like the thing that happens most often is a male quaffle carrier uh then looking for the one male chaser that is still on pitch if you play max three and if you adapt strategically to that you can you can basically mark that person and take away that option, and then yeah, no you, problem. <laughs> you 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 create a situation in which you have to have confident and uh, yeah able in all regards female players to play a match right. So that encourages teams to really really put effort into development and to not be able to ignore. Uh, players on pitch anymore, because it's like you can easily take one person out of your defense to man mark someone, and that kind of kills the whole offense. If they only focus on the males, and mm. earlier that wasn't possible because they'd have to have like half of your chasers man marking to do that, and that's not really possible.
0: Yeah, true. Completely kind of change those dynamics. And kind of speaking of those roles, let's now kind of move on to another aspect of this. Like one kind of trend we've seen over the last few years is there's more sort of AFAB and like gender non conforming only tournaments. So kind of men in general kind of not allowed tournaments. Um yeah, like what, what we what do we make of this? And yeah, sort of yeah. Opinions, thoughts, feelings <laughs> greatly appreciated.
3: I mean, I always thought that the idea is kind of like what uh, Leander talked about for the workshops that they held in Germany for female players. Um, mm. That the idea is not to, oh, we want to exclude men because we don't like men. But it's more about building the confidence of people because, well, somebody has got to hold the ball and shoot those uh, hoops and make uh, and go in for the duels and so on. And um, like everyone is forced to to sort of step up uh, in the team, take over roles. Maybe they haven't done so much before or ever before. So I really feel like the the target really is to give um, those players a safe environment to do those things and, and make all those mistakes they will probably make doing some of those things for the first time. Maybe try keeping for the first time. You know, we don't see that many female keepers, maybe outside of uh, Germany. <laughs>
0: um, or seeking as well. Sorry. Or seeking as well.
3: Yeah. Or seeking. Um, so, so like keepers, seekers, they they will of course be females or um, um non gender conforming people. And and I really think for me the 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 whole thing is about just showing people yes you can do this absolutely. And uh, keep keep going, keep building those skills, uh, keep building up your confidence and bring it back onto pitch uh, when you're back to the normal setup, basically. So I'm all for it. I think it's a great idea.
1: I went to Jurassic Cup. Um, I think it was 2019 or something.
0: Oh, uh, uh, Queen's Cup.
1: Queen's Cup, yeah. Yeah, uh, yes. yeah Queen's Cup. Um, I didn't have that... Much of a good time, <laughs> Ooh, and I think that it was because take. no, no, it's not, it's not a bad thing, uh, no. and that was because, I, and I, I feel a bit stupid saying this, but I think yeah. we were all a bit lost because we no one was used to play those leading roles, um, and so like all of a sudden, then being the distributor, like I was quite lucky that Lisavet was in my team. Um, but yeah, I think the whole team was like, ah, no, we, we all, like all the chasers all wanted to play the same position. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, because that was what we were used to. Um, and <clears throat> I think if I would now go to do it again, um, that my myself and, and also all the players that were there at the time are already developed and it would be different. But like, I think it was one of the first times that it was organized. And and you could really see that for a lot of people it was a bit like, ah, okay, uh, now I can take the responsibility. Wait, how do I do it? And it was for myself, it was also the case. Like uh, in the beginning, it was very uncomfortable. Um, yeah, so it was a bit... And I was surprised by what, what of a shock apparently that was. And it's also a bit sad to tell that maybe, but yeah, I felt very awkward. Uh, those two days it was really it was really a learning experience
2: um yeah i i think it just shows that this space was needed to try out new roles because uh it it hasn't been done before and um yeah that being said i think i think it would really be um quidditch's downfall if we lost the mixed gender aspect if we separated yeah, but I I, I I was gonna say like if we're afraid that this can happen if we let women play on their own too often, um, <laughs> intentionally phrasing it that way, uh, then then we should definitely look for the reasons uh, in the sport that we have now, right? So if like we can't say like oh no don't let them try because they will have too much fun when they can actually have a quaffle or a green headband or, I don't know, uh, then then we have a big problem. And I think, uh, as you both uh, said and addressed in your uh, letters, uh, we have that problem. It might have gotten smaller, but there's still a lot of work to do. And I think um, like these safe spaces to practice and to try out new roles are helping um, definitely more than they are doing damage. And I don't think we're running into a situation where we have a a, a definite separation of the sport.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm not saying that 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 um, Queen's Cup was was a bad thing. Eh? That's absolutely not what I'm saying. I was I'm just saying that I was surprised the by night, how kind of awkward, awkward I experience felt. experience
0: from the sun. Yeah, yeah, and
1: and yeah. and then realizing indeed that that apparently I wasn't learning as much as I thought I was learning by regular practice because obviously otherwise I would have felt less. Uncomfortable.
2: Yeah, but apart. F-
3: Sorry, go ahead, Lena.
2: Yeah, apart from the um, systemic bias that we talked about already, uh, I think the same would happen to if if you put all the male support players that never uh, uh, quaffle carry and put them all yeah. in one tournament, so they would all be confused and wouldn't know what to do. They would be more confident about their incompetence, but they wouldn't <laughs> perform better I, necessarily, I think. So it's just it's just lack of experience and you have to accommodate for that and yeah, make room to create experiences.
3: And of what Leander says, actually I have a, another beautiful example um, of that, I think from the third place playoff in the European Games. Uh, one of our absolute um, star players in the male um, line, he had just, he's like super fit, you know, went to score, sports high school, whatnot. He just started playing that season um, and he had mainly played, I think, wing or on the hoop. But then somehow we decided, yeah, yeah, third, he's He's—he's super sportive, of course, he's just going to play quaffle carrier. And he has no clue what he's doing. You can really see it if you watch the video, like he doesn't play good. He was very frustrated after the match. Uh, He was like, I I had a horrible match. This went extremely poorly. But because he is a man and because he is sportive, it was just assumed he would do fine. But even the super fit athletic men that do really well and that maybe play super well on their own position, just put them in another spot. And they're suddenly not doing well, so it's not only about we need to like like give all this practice to female players, but men also you know, uh, need this, everyone needs this, so we should also give it to our female players as we do with our male players, and I think that was just such a nice example like i don't want to throw him under the bus he's an absolutely fantastic <laughs> player but he himself even says like he was so frustrated after the match like he he just like left and was like this was horrible
1: <laughs> um
3: so i felt very sorry for him but um yeah i i do believe uh, everyone needs to mm. needs the time to to uh, play in the different positions and learn them properly and if you have never played a ball carrier position it doesn't help you if you if you're good in a wing player position or at the hoops i mean of course it helps you a bit right but uh, you you still need to learn it properly but i had a i wanted to ask susanna a Susanne question do you feel like it would be useful to have a tournament like queens cup combined with let's say it's only a sunday tournament and then on saturday you would have workshops you know also only female and non-gender confirming uh, uh, and then you go through tackling and like through just exercises but then of course if you do like you know uh, like a standard three versus three or four versus two or whatever of course everyone would be female so then you would have the workshops where you through training almost go a little bit easier on it and then you would have the tournament Mm. only maybe one day
1: yes but like um what is it called, Fraser, that you have in London in September?
0: Yeah, hooraying Games. I think they did, kind yeah. of did that stretch, didn't yeah. they? Yeah. But yeah. I mean,
1: uh, Queen's Cup was still... I'm not saying it wasn't useful. I, I was just mm. trying to explain how yeah. weird it was that I was so uncomfortable. I think it's a like, really
0: interesting experience. Definitely,
1: these two days were definitely a good experience. Uh, I learned. I learned a lot. Um, I l- definitely learned what I didn't learn already, <laughs> like <laughs> realizing what I could not do. Um, so yeah, I definitely think it's useful. Um, it feels a bit like, uh, how would I say this? It's a bit of pity that we, that apparently we need these things to teach uh, female or non male players um certain aspects of the sport. I thought that I was doing quite well, and then I came to Queen's Cup and I realized, ha, apparently I'm not doing quite well, you know? And and I apparently didn't re- didn't realize this through my uh, home team practices, which are very good and who put a lot of effort in me, and also through my national team practices, which were also very good, and also put a lot of effort in me, but apparently I still didn't come to those aspects and that's also because yeah, I don't play quaffle Carrier um, in in the national team and I don't play it in Ghent and all of a sudden I was there at Queen's Cup. I was one of the most experienced players and it was logical that I would be the quaffle Carrier, but I had never done that before and since then a lot has, has changed because um, also in Ghent and definitely with the idea of of Max 3, I get that position more often and. At practice, they will give you that position so you can practice this because we know that at one point during a competition or during a game, you will be in the position that you have the ball and you have to distribute. But before that, we were really also practicing always in the same position you know like the women were always the people at the wing and they were always cutting and they were never at the center and and it took us a while before we realized ah although you're going to play a wing at a game maybe at practice you should also practice being a second yeah. center or a center
2: but but before uh, the change of the rules the change of the general rule that was all a very successful tactic obviously right to yeah. specialize 100 percent like you don't need four all-round players as chasers on the field if you have four distributors they have all different ideas that's also a terrible game right but if you like so it made sense to really really specialize and i think we have to change the rules to make it more worthwhile to be more variable and that's what happens if you play max three then you have what you said the effect that you mentioned uh, you will be a quaffle carrier at some point, so you have to have at least had some experience of this. And you kind of change the trade-off, because of course it's a trade-off. If you're a coach, you have you have to say, do I cater to the already existing strength and like a, a bit of the deficit correction, I would call it, yeah? But uh, you cannot make everyone do everything perfect. So you have to focus on, on some aspects and yeah, I think fine-tuning the rules in a way that that values both is is interesting, is it because it yeah.
0: Yeah, true. And I think like yeah, we talked about like specialization and kind of skills and stuff. But I I, I do think as kind of with the general changing, um, kind of we're getting more Freemax max tournaments and things, and obviously you've got these kind of, sort of GNC and AFAB tournaments. Like it is encouraging people to be, be- more all-round players, um, and that's only going to be a, like a good thing for a game. Um, like for like purely from like a tactical and like aesthetic sporting context, um, more so than well, and, and obviously that feeds into other things as well. Like like for for example, for me I, when I look at male chasers specifically. <laughs> Uh, I, I find you can kind of split them into two different categories where you like have these players who are what I call sort of finishers, who, when they get the ball, they're like, right, I have the ball, the, 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 the quaffle, and no matter what's going to happen, I'm going to put this in the hoop and score because they're, I don't know, a certain distance from the hoop or wherever, or they think they're fast enough or strong enough. And they might be really, really good at that. Um, and like they might score a lot of goals from it and sort of go, Oh, I'm really good at that, and they'll keep doing it because that's their strength. But then the moment you ask them to pass that ball when the situation requires a, a good pass, they can't produce it on like a reliable level. Um, and then say on the other side you have kind of your you playmaker male chasers who might be really good at passing the ball maybe got a bit of like a shooting ability but then they don't have anywhere near enough like confidence to finish past sort of two three defenders and score so like you can't have a whole team of playmakers but you can't have a whole team of finishers like it doesn't really work so I think what I'd hopefully like to see with kind of these tournaments kind of helping the way we play you kind of get more well-rounded players across the whole sport but I'd like to think that you'd have this, like, well-rounded base and it's expected that you've got a certain level at, like, all these skills. But then maybe, I don't know, you're particularly well-known for, I don't know, being excellent at setting a pick or an excellent shooter or an excellent, like, receiver or something like that. Um, So although you can do lots of things to a good standard, you have that one thing that is slightly better. And the other skills so in my notes I kind of made this as like three questions I'm gonna be really really fancy and combine them all into one uber uber question big 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 question to finish the episode um and it's kind of looking to the future essentially And well a little back at the past so I've kind of titled it five years ago five years time so have we improved from where we were five years ago, and sort of five years into the future, where would we like to be? Like, what kind of, what can we do in that time to make the sport more appealing to a more gender diverse player base? Um, whether that's, I don't know, whether that's male players in particular, or just players in general. Sort of, how can we make this space a better one for the future?
3: I can uh, go first with a quick one and then maybe come back uh, later. I think for me, and I may be biased because I feel like I am very involved in, in this current discussion, of course, uh, and also being playing in a country where this has been uh, a discussion, it feels almost like, a, I don't know, I don't want to say deciding point, but it almost feels like that. I'm very um, hopeful that the iqa will um, make a decision that bring, will bring the sports forward in the direction that i wanted to, uh, to go to you know towards next three but um i'm i'm very unsure that that is happening and it feels almost like like a deciding point because if i feel like now it has been brewing for so long you know susanna published that letter in 2019 Yes, we had COVID in between, so it got a little bit lost in between. But now it's 2023. At some point, something has to happen, and I don't want to have this exact same discussion like we're having now. Should we have a max three in five years' time? I, I would be very sad if if that uh, wouldn't have happened by that time. So I really hope <laughs> for for also I think the sake of the sports, uh, I always believe that a more um, fair playing time or, or player distribution is absolute in the spirit of the sports and is probably where the sport always was supposed to go towards uh, and that it was for mere you know establishing the sport recruitment personal purposes and so on that we did have the inequal distribution but we have to make the step at some point and uh, for me the time is now that for me the time is ripe and I really hope that uh, that I can say in five years' time that it did happen. Now,
1: <laughs> I think for me it's, it's quite similar as your thing, Lisa. Um, I must say when the new rules were uh, were published and uh, World Cup was not um, officially max three, um, for me it was very very disappointing because I I always believed like somehow that that was what would was going to happen. Like inevitably World Cup would have been max three in my head at least. And I remember um when so these rules were published on Facebook then that I I remember saying towards someone, yeah, actually ever since I've letter, I've that letter, that letter did nothing, <laughs> nothing at all. Um, nothing changed. Um, yeah and definitely with the EQC we've just had where there were also teams who were not completely respecting the Max 4 rule. Yeah, I, I was, again, completely disappointed. Um, what has helped me the past uh, month is that my own team, uh, is really, like, again, has said, like, okay, we're definitely gonna play um, Max 3 with the team. But also that the national team is actually, like, putting a lot of effort into making sure that if World Cup is is max three, that, yeah, that we're prepared and and also, like, putting a lot of uh, trainings uh, and time in the female players. So, in some way, it is changing, like, we're all preparing that it will be changed. Um, But like you said, Lisa, if uh, the upcoming year is still not... Max 3, then I will really feel like nothing happened. Uh, And then I don't know if I will be as happy um, continuing playing Quidditch, just because it will feel like, okay, we've tried and tried and tried, but nothing changes. Um, Yeah, and that would be very, very sad.
2: Yeah, I agree. And I think uh, we, as the players, have the power to change that. We have to talk to our leaderships and um, ask them to play Max Three at World Cup. And I think if enough teams commit to to that, it will happen. It will be a Max Three tournament. So um, I'm I'm pretty optimistic that there will lots of there will be lots of lots of uh, Max Three games at that tournament. if not even all of them are, um, so I think that's still in the like, it could it could still happen. Um, I was also disappointed um, by the very long grace period that that was set because I don't think it was necessary. But yeah, um, so I think in five years' time we should have uh, improved a lot on the. Uh, yeah, how, how can I phrase it? The skill level dif- distribution of players that sits on the bench, because I think that's still s- kind of skewed. You, lots of teams um, bench kind of good male players and play like most of the females that they have. So that just means there are less uh, female players um, in the teams than there are males. And I think we should definitely try to improve on that. And I think a good way to do that is uh, to ask your players, like all your players, uh, what do you want to do more often on pitch? What prevents you from doing it and how can we change it? And that's a lot of hard work. And I would I would like to have more time for it myself. I'm like, we're far from being perfect at that, but I think, um, that's the way to go and even if you don't get satisfying answers um one one other solution would be to like because people sometimes don't even know what they want to learn right they don't even know what they don't do yet or what they what they cannot do yet so then these uh spaces like you said uh suzanne the um Hawaiian games or queen's cup uh experiences like uh a non-male training camp um, force people into those roles, and then they have experienced them, and then they know what, why they don't do it yet, or what they like about it, what they don't like about it, and then we, um, yeah, can improve on the on the skewed distributions, I think, and everybody should ask all their female friends why they're not in the sport yet, because <laughs> you probably will get good reasons or at least some reasons. Um, and maybe you can work with that.
0: hmm. Yeah, I think like a lot of really good points being made and, uh, yeah, like it, it's worth kind of looking back and going, yeah, we, we have made some progress, probably not at kind of the rate I think some of us would like us to make, um, but obviously it, we are raising the issues, um, and. I think steadily, just as a sport, I think we're thinking a bit more with the future in mind. Obviously, having the pandemic um, and kind of all the issues that brought up, um, yeah, there's there's been a lot of there's been a lot that's happened kind of since we have come back to playing. Obviously, um, with I mean the whole sports changed its name, like there's, and like there's various other changes that have come in as well. Um, and it's a very kind of exciting slash nervous time for the sport um, and in in some cases we're kind of make or break in some areas and even within this next year like there's certain teams that will exist some teams won't exist or there'll be certain countries that are I don't know really high up and then some countries that are gonna not get sort of main retain the players and they're going to sort of fall off a cliff a little bit. Um, So there's kind of a lot of things in play. But I think overall, we're we're steadily seeing it now. We're kind of having discussions like this where people are kind of thinking about the long term more um, and sort of the sustainability of the sport, sort of trying to think of, yeah, development and retention and ways to improve the sport so more people stick around and more people join it um so that is it is there in 5 years time um whereas then previously in the past when a lot of us were a lot younger <laughs> a lot more fresh faced and uh yeah not quite as aware as we are now um it was a lot just about on playing the sport and trying to be the best we can be at, sometimes to the detriment of developing our our teams our players our the organizations we're part of um so yeah, hopefully, well, we'll we'll get at some point sooner rather than later. Hopefully, we'll get more within mean, the rulebook. Like we we'll get free max as like an official thing, at least kind of a step in the right direction, and hopefully a few other things to come around that to lead us onwards.
2: Yeah, when you said recruiting and um, holding holding people on the team. Um, we came up with the with the thought that it might be good to have uh, female players design design the PR materials and uh, like the social media campaigns for open practices and such, because they might tend to highlight other aspects of the sport, might highlight um, other image material and stuff like that. So that's also one thing that you could also maybe do to work against this good gender distribution, because it will then attract other people.
3: That's a really cute idea. I like it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's a whole whole other topic for another day. (laughs) 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 Probably. (laughs) But uh, yeah, yeah, it's an interesting point that how we present ourselves is massive in terms of recruiting players. Yeah, it starts with having
2: like the picture that you put up for the open practice is it is it a male player is it a female player mm.
1: mm-hmm. yeah but i i really strongly believe that, like, that max, the max three rule is like part of that um we had for example uh like a new recruit a new female recruit uh, who came from a soccer team and i think like from what i understood like part of not having that much Pitch time was one of the reasons that she went back to the soccer team, right? Um, she was there also a good scorer. Uh, she had a lot of fun playing there. And then in the Quidditch team, she felt a bit like a bystander. You know, just, just giving people the feeling that they're part of the team, like a full part of the team, that's like the essential thing. Of course, putting flyers up is a way to get people interested. And then they will, if you put a nice picture, they will probably show up to, or maybe show up to the the open practice. But Keeping them there is just giving them the feeling that they're as equally valued as any other player that's standing there.
2: Yeah, totally. You also have to practice what you preach and deliver on, yes. <laughs> on your marketing material. <laughs>
3: Yeah, and, and that's what I, uh, with like recruiting new people, feel. And this topic has often often come up when we're talking about, oh, we're mixed gender sport and so on. And then they come and they're like, uh, so why is it max four then and not three? And we have gotten this question. So people, you know, maybe we show a video or something and people are basically like, so you say you're mixed gender, but you're not like equally mixed. What what wh- wh- How can you call yourself mixed gender and like, advertise this Uh, it's definitely something that some people have noticed Mm -hmm. but uh, i do hope so to i guess uh, answer the five-year question a little more uh, positive than in my first go i do hope that uh, that we go there and that it's just gonna be even more inclusive than we have been and people play amazing quidditch have or quad ball (laughs) uh, and have super much fun together and just you know we all care and love this sport so so much and care about where it's going to go and I hope we're gonna still be there in five years and and keep it growing and make it better
0: yeah I agree with that and just kind of to, to wrap up like yeah like we've we've got some ways to go we're far from perfect um but hopefully we are making steps in the right direction and like one thing that I think gets a little overlooked is the actual, what's happening on the pitch. Like, yeah, we we talk about all the issues around the sport and kind of, especially what's happening off the field. But I mean, watching the games at European Games last summer, uh, EQC and over in the States, um, how teams are playing, like year on year, the sport gets better and better as an overall product. Like it looks a lot better. The tactics a lot more defined. The players themselves have got that extra little bit of skill, um, and yeah, like I think that's a, a, a rep, sort of a positive that not many people talk about. Is the actual product that we're putting out there to people is 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 continually got better over time. I feel, I feel. and yeah, like the more kind of good examples of quad ball that we can get online and out in the media and wherever else um yeah it's gonna help attract people to the sport and yeah hopefully keep us going so when we get to five years time um we can have an even even better place and uh, even better sport
1: yeah in the end it's just a lot of fun right <laughs> <laughs> I
0: mean,
1: that's why we still show up every time and i think yeah I think I played for six years and I'm probably the person here with the least experience.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I think that says a lot. <laughs> True. Uh,
1: yeah, like you know, uh, before COVID, so many people or during COVID were saying that they were going to quit, and then almost no one quit because I think that says enough. Like in general, we just really enjoy playing quad ball, and yeah, I think just continuing that and keep inviting people to join the game with us will be more than enough to, uh,
2: yeah, to push this forward, I think. Yeah, sounds good. Um, maybe to to quote a famous author of a famous letter, uh, <laughs> <laughs> lose your females and lose your sport. We don't want to let that happen. So...
1: <laughs> Thank you, Leander. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: I, I kind of misquoted you there, but
1: <laughs> maybe it was a was a better quote. Co- the quote: co- <laughs> "Play your females or lose your females."
2: Yeah, of course, uh, but I, I mean, like that's that's the next even worse step, right? If yeah, you lose your females, you exactly. can just quit. And <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Be, yeah let, and let's not let be clear that, um, and Lisa, right, is said the same. Uh, we don't want to have a female-only Quidditch or quad ball. We want to have the mixed-gender sport, right? So, yeah, that's why we need everyone on board.
0: Um, we shall wrap it up there. Yeah. Gang, I feel like we've done a really good job on this. Um, yeah. There's well, so thank
3: m- you so much for setting so much us up. We- <laughs>
0: there's so <laughs> much more we could talk about. We could be here for hours. Um, but yeah it's been, it's been so good to kind of dive in and out of various topics and kind of have this long form discussion um and hopefully the listeners have enjoyed it as well. so yeah, thank you very much for your time. really appreciate it.
2: yeah, thank, thank you, you so much for all your interesting experiences and perspectives, and yeah, still so much to learn, and we can improve even more, but I think we're on the way.
0: <laughs> we are on the way. As I said, we hope you enjoyed listening to that as much as we enjoyed making it. Uh, if you want to stay up to date with future episodes of the Total Quad Bull podcast, please give the Total Quad Bull Facebook page a like. We'll be anou- announcing upcoming guests on there and, of course, giving you a chance to send in any mailbag questions as and when uh, we should need them. Uh, until next time, keep yourself safe and live the game. Goodbye.